Good morning. Good to have everybody here this morning. Except for our little group that's in Guatemala, we, we'd have a bigger crowd. But uh, our thoughts are with them this morning as well, that they're having a good week and uh, a good uh, ministry there. Uh, just a reminder this morning, uh, if you want to do giving, we're not uh, passing the plate anymore. So you can go to cypressstreet.cypressstreetchurch/give, uh, and uh, or you can go to the box at the back of the sanctuary and put uh, your offering in there. That'll be fine. Um, glad to have all of our visitors with us this morning, and good to see everybody their bright, smiling faces this fall. We're ready for some rain to come. <laughs> I'm ready for some rain to come. We, we need, to, need it in the worst way. Let me go to uh, announcements. Uh, next week, our worship service will be with Stacy Leonard. And then on Monday the 31st, We'll be ser serving lunch, helping with that at uh, Grace Place over in Monroe. Uh, I think we're still taking pies. I haven't heard the latest count, but uh, we take the oatmeal pies, and that's what they give out is the snack there. So uh, if anybody would like to uh, pick up a couple of boxes and put in the, in the group to uh, donate, that would be great. Saturday, November the 5th, coming up, uh, there will be a bonfire hayride at Marlin and Charlotte Mitchells. Um, they're, they're pretty brave to come back from Guatemala and have a, a, a bonfire hayride. That's great. Uh, <laughs> yes. uh, let me go ahead and read uh, a little scripture I pulled out this morning. With everything that's going on, uh, with all of the needs that we have with folks in and around the church, uh, I'm going to Psalm 23 this morning from the uh, NIV. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley, the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. have the invocation prayer. 
Father God, we thank you this morning for your love and grace, for the gift of your Son, who paid the price for all of us. Thank you, Father, that uh, we don't have words to describe who you are. It's enough to say that you are God, that you're in charge, you're all-knowing, all-seeing. You were, you are, and you will be and you will endure forever. We thank you, Father, for loving us enough to provide for our salvation. And we pray that you will continue to uh, lead and guide your church and help us to be worthy on this earth to uh, spread your message, to love others, and to be your instruments here. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Won't you stand with us as we begin our worship service singing a beautiful hymn, What a Mighty God We Serve. Yeah. 
another great one on top of that one is Great Are You, Lord. Pour out our praise, pour out our praise, it's your breath. 
in our lungs. So we pour out our praise to you only. You may be seated. Children, it's time for you to go to your classes. Praise team. Good job. I was thinking back to that one verse in the song we just sang. It talks about the bones will sing. I wish they could sing and not creak like they do. <laughs> They're singing a bad song right now. Um, glad you're all here this morning. Uh, we appreciate Pastor Ray Owens being with us this morning and um, continuing in his series. And uh, like his title this morning, Let God Be God. Uh, before we let uh, Pastor Ray come up, have uh, our morning prayer time. If uh, I haven't heard of any recent developments this morning, but... Uh, we have a, a long list. Uh, we have Carvin and Sandy Adams and the uh, team, the ministry team down in Guatemala, uh, a large group. Uh, we've seen a few pictures in Facebook of uh, some of the kids in the orphanage, and they were just precious. Um, glad they're there to um, share with the, the kids and the teachers and and the folks there in, in Guatemala this, this week. Continue to pray for them and the ministry and, and their health. Also want to remember uh, Larry Worsham. Uh, he has, um, he's got a hard road to hoe. He's got a lot, of, a lot of issues that he's dealing with and we just need to lift him up. Um, I'd like for him to have no pain this morning and for God to continue to work in his life. We need to remember, continue to remember the Ken McConnell family. Um, and so, yeah, just had the service this week and um, remember them in this time. Um, I know Ken, uh, Chris has had a hard time uh, dealing with, uh, with his dad being gone. Remember Liam, Linda's great-grandson. And uh, very good. Uh, also with uh, Jerry Crane and Larry Lawson, uh, expanded to our Louisiana churches. Be remembering all those that are in need of a pastor. Ours being one. Continue to be in, in prayer for our pastor search committee and the, the behind-the-scenes work that's going on to uh, uh, find someone that God is leading here to, uh, to serve us long-term. 
Beyond that, uh, there's so many world needs, uh, U.S. needs for our election. Uh, we have uh, the Florida situation, uh, recovering from the hurricane there. And um, we've been saddened with uh, the events in Ukraine and uh, all that the people there are going through and, and the ripple effects worldwide that occur because that, that war is going on. And um, we can pray that that evil can be taken away. Um, let's pray this morning. Father, we thank you this morning that uh, you are in control. You're still in control. You will be in control. And that the ultimate victory is yours. So we don't need to be concerned with what we have to eat or drink or wear, or we don't have to worry about the things that are going on in the world. But we do have to pray. And we do have to remember that you've provided all that we need and that you're looking out over all the needs we've mentioned this morning but in those that we don't even know about uh, we know that there are many that are suffering from cancer and heart disease and, and many other issues and we pray that you will be with all those illnesses this morning that uh, um, that are affecting your people and in the people in the world that you love we pray that you'll be um, in our lives this week give us strength and courage and uh, a voice to speak in your behalf to share the everlasting gospel with your people and with people around us in the world our neighbors uh, friends, co-workers uh, pray Father that uh, we will set a good example and that uh, Christ can live through us. Pray that you will help us to be faithful and remember that the ultimate victory is yours. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Thank you, Mike. Wasn't on my notes, but I was thinking what Mike was saying about Ukraine and things like that, and it brought me back to a uh, time when I was a young professor, and one of the things that I was charged with teaching um, and all uh, was evolution. And I remember a conversation up on the third floor of Strauss Hall overlooking the bayou uh, there. Uh, about evolution and how, you know, basically there wasn't a God, that crew, that group, and that man, you know, was going to evolve to ever be better. <laughs> and I'm telling you, you have got to be kidding me if you think mankind evolves to be better. Just the war in Ukraine, 
the political situation, the selfishness we see everywhere, man on his own without God, it's insane. That said, I definitely believe God created uh, evolution, descent with change uh, as time goes on, but God's the one that created everything, just like I believe God gave us doctors, and I've treated a lot of people myself, and, but let me tell you, all the healing comes from where? God. All of it. Everything He provides is amazing. Uh, I want to start this morning by thanking you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, and there's so many that are not here. Many are in Guatemala, which I also heard through a lady at, at my home church that's there that it's just perfect. She said it's just perfect uh, to Dana, for one of Dana's friends who's there. Uh, so I praise the Lord for that. And I, I did get to see a few pictures of the little ones. So I thank the Lord for that trip. But I want to thank you for uh, the cards that you've sent, the Bibles you've given in memory uh, or of me, and uh, for pastor appreciation, the gift card. Uh, when I get back, I'll take Dana there. Or maybe I can get Liam there. He likes going there. We'll eat. And, and all the many things that you've said for pastor appreciation. Um, I, and, and what you've done for Carvin, and I appreciate that, the kind words. I will say this. Um, there's no doubt you guys are a very easy church to love. You know, God has given me a love for you. You're a wonderful group of people. You're unique. All of you are different. But uh, God created you that way and you blend together in such an amazing way. And I love you. And that love doesn't come from me. It comes from God who gave it to me. So I want to lift you up this morning and encourage you. With that in mind... I feel led to do something else I haven't done. I don't think I've done since I've here in a while. I'd like to ask all of you to stand for a minute. And if there's somebody you haven't sh shaken their hand yet this morning, do that. Come on, stand up and just welcome them, love on them, thank them. It might even be the person next to you, just for a minute.
That was good. We needed that. Y'all needed that this morning. Yeah. Man, I'm telling you, it's better to be here than the best hospital room in the United States. I told Larry, he's, man, he's staying in that expensive room and I'd rather just be, I'd rather be at my hunting camp and in that thousand dollar a day room, you know. <laughs> Alright, we're continuing our series. If you want to look on the back of your outline and bless uh, Priscilla's heart. She spent the night at the hospital and then got up and did this and I just skimmed it. It looks pretty good. She's amazing to be able to do that. So we'll try to work through this. We've been talking uh, the last three times that we shared about the making of a person of God. And today I want to talk about let God be God. It's really the story of Peter. We've covered several of Peter's uh, stories. I love Peter. Uh, I can relate to Peter. Uh, you know, ADHD, impulsive, uh, honest, real, a man's man. I just love everything about him and how he went from where he was to where he ended up being. And I want to become a man of God. I want to become a person of God. I hope that you become uh, what God would have you to be. So anyway, let God be God. How many of you think that's a good idea? That's a good idea. Okay, we're going to talk about it. Let's look at our text this morning. We're going to get right into it. Um, our text. When Jesus came to the region, Matthew 16, 13, sorry. Our key verses are 17 and 23, by the way, which she has marked for you on there. When Jesus, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do you say the Son of Man is? That means him. They replied, some say John the Baptist. Others say Elijah, still others Jeremiah, and then others one of the prophets. But what about you? He asked, who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and upon this rock, and by the way, Peter means rock, if you understand that, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he warned the disciples not to tell them, anyone, that he was the Christ. From that time, Jesus began to try to explain to the disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, chief priests, teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Now, Peter... Peter took him aside and began to rebuke Jesus. Now, how many of you know that's never a good idea? And don't you get bad at Peter because you've rebuked God too. We've, ta we've told God a thing or two. Well, he did too. <laughs> Jesus, he says, never, Lord, never. This shall never happen to you. And we know Peter's heart. He didn't mean anything by it, but he was telling him, no, you can't die. You can't do what you're, you're supposed to do. And so he said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You're a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. Let's pray. 
Father, take these words and the things that you've laid on my heart, and God, anoint them. We now give you permission to speak to us. God, we might need encouragement this morning. We might need to be challenged this morning. We might need some adjustment. And Lord, above all, we need you. God, may wisdom from your word and the stories that we share draw us to you. May we become a person you want us to be. And all God's people said, amen. So how do we get, how do we let God be God? I've got several things I want to, number one, recognize that deciding who God is and who is the Lord of your life are two totally different issues. Recognize that deciding who God is and who the Lord of your life will be are two different issues. Jesus asked a question in verse 15 to the disciples and to us today, who do you say that I am? And that's very important this morning, who do you say that I am? And Peter of course responds, you're the Christ. And that's truth, that's great theology. But Jesus was more concerned about the territory in Peter's heart than in his mind. Knowing in the mind's one thing, but in the heart something else. Jesus did not need Peter's confirmation that you're God. Kind of like, you're the God. Oh, I am. He didn't need that. He knew who he was. And the question is, is Jesus the God of your life, of your heart, of who you are? And that really is what it is. You know, I've got people, and you know this, especially in the United States, uh, actually Kevin Meyer's message, was it last week? I'm in a blur, man. I, I was in Kansas and here and back to Kansas. Okay, it was here. Kevin was talking about Barna's survey of what Christians say. And man, it was about a third to half of Christians committed saying they're Christians in the USA even have a biblical worldview. There's things that's very clearly wrong in the Bible or right in the Bible and people have a different view. And it's very common to people say, I believe in God. In fact, I will venture to say you will find very few people today that say they don't believe in God. I would say probably less today. But living that life, being the Lord of their life, I would say it's very, very few people. Let him be the Lord of the life. And, and I hope that's important. Now, if anybody in here has ever worked, and I hope that you have, and you've ever had a boss, maybe even the owner of the company, you know, hopefully you respect them and, and you honor them. I, I was uh, recently the last week a couple different times with a man who owns a pretty big company in town. We were doing some personal stuff together with my hobby. Uh, of deer hunting and we were doing some things together on that and he was talking about this individual that been with him a long time and how amazing we were doing some fiberglass work on a stand and he was talking about this guy and I won't say any more because I don't want anything with it being on the internet to get out but anyway if you have a boss and you acknowledge that they're the boss and you know they're the owner of the company but then you don't follow their policies or you tell them how to run their company or you tell them off, okay? It's one thing to know that they're the owner of the company. It's another thing to act the way you act and the way you do. And this particular individual decided that he kind of chewed the boss out and told him how he needed to run the company that he owns and uh, he lost his job even after 20-something years. 
Uh, and he should have. It, the boldness of that's pretty crazy. You see what I'm saying? Well, that's similar to us. Oh, I know God's God, but I'm going to tell him how to run his universe. In fact, I'll admit to you, I've come down to the altar and I've prayed and I've bowed and I've told God how he can run the universe myself. Lord, you know these people need to be zapped. They're bad people over there. <laughs> they did me wrong. They hurt me. You know, whatever it is. We, we, we all kind of get into that. And I'll talk about that a little bit later. But, you know, it, it's, it's a reality of how things are. So, here's the question this morning. Is God the God of your life? Is he God of your heart? Is he God of your job? So, when you go to the, you know, you work for somebody, but... Number one is, is God who you are? Is that what your life is? Is he the God of your school for you guys that are still in school? You know, really, if you go to school, and I know you can have some crazy teachers, present company excluded, of course, in here, but you can have some crazy teachers, and you can have some great teachers. And you, here's the, here's the thing I tried, I didn't have the privilege to speak to a lot of teachers, either in services or training or whatever. And I would tell them, do you realize for the rest of their life, you know, all these students will remember the two to three to four good teachers they had. You can remember the names of the good teachers that you had. And you can despise the ones that were terrible the rest of your life. And by the way, in today's times, you're just lucky your tires don't get stabbed or <laughs> your nails in them or anything else the way the world, or worse, the way the world's going. And, and I think about that. Is the Jesus Lord of your heart? Is he God of your heart? And that's the real important thing. And look on your outline, James puts it this way. Do you still think it's enough just to believe that there's one God? Well, get this. Even the demons believe this and tremble in terror. I'm going to make a statement. The devil is one of the strongest believers that God is God. And when somebody tells you, I believe in God, and you know what, you're in good company because the devil believes it more than anything. That's his whole mission is to get him down. Believing's not enough. I hear that all the time. I believe. Well, what do you believe? And then put that belief into action in your heart, and it's so important. Okay, enough of that. Number two. You gave me the look. A couple of you do this. When it's time to go to the next point. Okay, number two. Learn to celebrate your growth with both two H's, happiness and humility. Learn to celebrate your growth with both happiness and humility. When Jesus told Peter, you are blessed for that statement and for that understanding, how many of you think Peter was excited? I guarantee you he was excited. I told you I love The Chosen, the, the TV show or series uh, that, that is out and, and I think season three is coming out pretty soon. If you hadn't seen it, I highly recommend it. Very accurate, you know, as, as a person that studied the word and been to Israel, you know, it's pretty accurate. But, but I love the, the way that it portrays them and the guys. And I think that's how, how it was. It was real. And, and I bet you Peter felt real good about it. And it's great to celebrate those milestones and, you know, to be a little further down the road and all that, it's great. Man, when 
I remember when people scored touchdowns, you know, they're a little high-fiving. Now they go out and do dances. They go down and do these poses, which I hadn't fully understood. I mean, they do all this stuff that when they score a touchdown. Now, I love the passion. I think you can go a little too far with it uh, sometimes. But Peter seemed to feel too good and his ego started kind of coming up. So there's a balance between you know, feeling good and being happy and joyful and being humble at the same time. And so Jesus says, Peter, you're blessed. And by the way, he kind of humbled him with what he's saying. You didn't come up with this. God gave it to you. You'd think that kind of humbled him. But no, he thought he's pretty good. So pretty soon he's going to tell God how to do it. So he went from, you know, being pretty happy to kind of having to, in fact, I, I thought of this. This isn't really a pun, but Jesus, I mean, here's Peter. I rock. That went over a lot of your heads. Internet, you'll get it, okay? You can Google his name and what it means and all that stuff. I got a quote on your outline there, I think. Building blocks are only an ego away from becoming stumbling blocks. In our life, we have these things that come along that we can build on. We can remember that. We need to remember those successes. But if you get to where you're cocky in it, you're, you're going to have a struggle. You're going to have a struggle. You know, verse 17, blessed are you. Verse 23, get behind me, Satan. <laughs> what a change. You know, what a change that Peter has. I have a friend who's a very, very successful pastor. Uh, and, and when he was a youth pastor, and I won't say his name because some of you might know him, but back in the 80s, the 1880s, you know, when I was a kid, um, uh, you know, he was, a, he was a college pastor and he went to this church. And after about several years, just like me, when, when I started in, in uh, really in ministry, I was in Kansas. And so, you know, what we would do is we go snow skiing. We go to Colorado. I shared with you Dana's cousin was uh, running the ski school at Vail for the little guys. And, and so we went there and I had no clue uh, how to ski and all that. And I will say this, I, I, I took lessons. She had me with this guy from France. That, oh, he was good looking and he spoke good and all the women were just... <laughs> You know, like this. That's a long time ago, back in the 80s, before that was cool. And I mean, and he, I couldn't learn. But let me tell you, these little kids that were skiing, uh, probably a little younger than, than uh, the Stevenson boys, one of them was just skiing. He said, no, what you need to do is just learn to hockey stop. If you can stop, you can do anything. This little bitty kid. And he just skied down there and he jumped up, you know, put a little more pressure on your outer ski. And he did that, you know, hockey stop kind of thing. And he said, you kind of got to throw it, but don't do too much. You'll go over. You got to lean back just right. Little kid. And it's like it clicked from a babe, you know, to me. And man, once I could stop, it was on. Because you can be, and I can go, you know, I might be going down double diamonds with hills that's real steep. But if you can just hop and stop, you might go like a rabbit down the mountain, you know, until you get better. It was amazing. Well, this youth pastor friend of mine uh, was taking kids skiing. He was very athletic. And he got real good and, and all that stuff. And they loved every time, a, there was 39 kids on the trip. 
And every time, big youth group, every time that uh, one of the kids would fall over, they would ski right up to them and hockey stop and just spray them with ice while they're on the ground, doing it the whole time. Well, there is a God. And near the end of the trip, uh, the youth pastor was, you know, going down double diamonds and thought he was hot and all this stuff. Well, they were at the end going down a blue. That's an intermediate slope. It's a little hard for some, you know, but it's, it's usually fun for others. And they were going down together their final run. And they came up and there was a little jump over there. So you know what the youth pastor did. Watch this. So he went up, well it had a little more embankment and make a long story short, he caught a lot of air and his skis came off. Well you don't want to land without skis. That's not ever good. So he wiped out, parts went everywhere and of course immediately all the youth, you could hear it collectively just like you would if you're watching it, everybody went, <gasps> you know, took out a lot. and, and in, in Colorado, you can suck in a lot of air because there's none. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, it's like high altitude, there's no oxygen. And they just, and then all of a sudden there was movement and then they turned to one another and the humility left them. The fear left them and 39 of them skied around the jump and sprayed him. He was covered in ice and slush and he deserved every bit of it. And maybe he'll watch this and remember it and smile. In other words, sometimes what goes around comes around. And if you got an ego and you let it build up, there's going to come a point. God loves you enough. And if not, there's even Murphy's Law to help you. There's going to be a payday someday. And it's reality. In fact, what's this saying? Pride comes before a fall. Yeah, you get where you think you got it. And I want to tell you in life, depend on God, don't depend on yourself. Have God esteem. See, Peter, praise God what God revealed to you. God's using you. Praise Ray Owens. God's using you. He's taking your abilities and using you. But where does it all come from? God is doing it not Ray doing it. You see what I'm talking about? Isn't that awesome? And then you talk about self-esteem. You don't need self-esteem. You need God-esteem. That God loves you. He's working through you. The songs we sing, everything about it, God's working through you. God loves you. He, he has plans for you. Y'all all heard that, right? Plans for good. We're the ones that mess it up <laughs> and create problems as well. Sometimes God has to teach us those lessons. He doesn't want to, but he loves us so much, just like you do as a parent. You know, he has to teach us those lessons like he did this, this youth pastor and how he's done to me many, many times. So be happy, rejoice in your spiritual victories, but don't get cocky, okay? If you, if you think about it, be happy you're in God, but be humble. Notice the scripture, 1 Corinthians, uh, Paul talking in 1 Corinthians 1, 28. God chose things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all, and used them to bring to nothing what the world considers important, so that no one can ever boast in the presence of God. God alone made it possible for you to be in Christ Jesus. God alone made it possible for you and I to be in Christ Jesus. For our benefit, God made Christ to be wisdom itself. He is the one who made us acceptable to God. 
He made us pure and holy and he gave us himself to purchase our freedom. Isn't that a beautiful scripture? That tells it all right there. It's in God and it's amazing. Okay? Three. Be cautious how you speak to God and for God. It's another one very, very timely. Uh, how many of you heard, oh, me and the man upstairs, we got a deal. I mean, God this, God this, blank, blank, God, blank, blank. You know how we are. Well, Peter went in three verses from you're the Christ to rebuking him. Here's what I want to talk to church members now. And those of us that are very familiar with God, just for a moment. Okay, long-time Christians and pastors. Sometimes in our relationship with God, we develop a familiarity with God. We become so close to Him and a familiarity, and we kind of lose sight of who God is. Okay, He's sovereign. He's omniscient. I mean, He's, he's all the omnis, you know, every one of them. And sometimes we get a little loose with that. And I know those of us that I, I, I met somebody the other day, and... I don't know how he found out. I do not brag or average. He goes, hi, I'm Ray Owens. He said, a man of God. Oh, my goodness. You know? <laughs> I mean, that's, that's not, I don't feel like I'm a man of God. That's just how, what he was, the way he was honoring. No, here, here's what I'm trying to say. You can become familiar with it. You work with him. The God that I know, you know, and, and I love is God, but I need to write perspective in that. You know, and, and I'm not talking about just the cursing or all that. It's important. Kind of reminds me of that story. I think I shared it with you. There was a Boy Scout leader that uh, was riding home from a scout meeting on a, on a bike in a small town up in Kansas. And he, uh, he come upon an automobile accident and he got off his bike. He was so excited. He ran up, pushed people out of the way. There was a lady kind of working on the guy. He kind of moved her to the side and he started on, he said, excuse me, I know first aid. And he starts working on the, the, the guy, the person that was injured. I don't know if it was a guy or a gal working on him. And the lady that he pushed out of the way tapped him on the shoulder and kind of spoke in his ear very kindly. When you get to the part where you need a doctor, I'm already here. Kind of like, you know what I'm talking about? We need that sometimes. In other words, you know, when you talk to God, there needs to be a reverence. And be careful when you think you're talking for God. It's important. And sometimes our prayers are not intercession. Again, sometimes, like I said, we get on our knees and we humbly tell God how he could do a better job. And kind of near the end of your outline, I've got something called sometimes where we go through pain. Did you know God uses that and works for our good? Sometimes we go through a frustrating experience. Did you know that makes you grow up? What would you call, what do you call a child that you give every single thing to them that they ever ask for and they won't? Okay. Spoiled, no, spoiled, rotten, brat. And I will add, unemployable, will never be able. I know one guy from West Monroe, his wife worked for me, and his mom 
was the sweetest person in the world and was a major enabler, of which there's millions of them, by the way, a major enabler. The guy could never work for anybody. The only way he made success, he finally got, the dad helped him get some rental property where he had rental property. That's the only way he could, because he couldn't work for anybody because he was a spoiled, rotten brat. It was all about me and everything was about me. And the only reason he stayed married is because this lady was and is a saint. I mean, it's one of the few people I was like, leave him! And it's against the Bible, but leave him! <laughs> I wanted to set the butterfly free. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, think about that. If God gave us everything we wanted when we wanted it, what kind of person would we be? First time he didn't, we'd turn on God. Did you know that? A parent that gives their kids something all the time, you know, as soon as you don't give it to them, guess what? They've had it with you and they're mad. You're better off to mix it with them. And sorry, guys, I apologize for that. But I'm just telling you, they need to tell you no. And they need to stick with no. What part of no do you not understand? You know what I'm saying? Well, God's the same way. God's our loving Father, and He's not going to give us everything we want. And by the way, He knows. Remember, I told you one of the best prayers ever is, thank God for unanswered prayers. Just go to your 20th reunion and think about the girl that, remember, that you go, oh, thank you, Jesus. I thought she was the one. Thank you, thank you. Because if I would have had her, oh, my goodness. You know what I'm saying? Go to your 50th. And I'm just telling you, I did good. That's all I got to say. Dana just had her 50th reunion in Kansas. Woo, I did good. I'm telling you, God, you are so good to me. Amen. In front of everybody, I'm telling you that. Look on your outline, Isaiah 40. I love this. Who's able to advise the Spirit of the Lord? I am. Who knows enough to be his teacher or counselor? Has the Lord ever needed anybody's advice? Does he need instruction about what is good or what's the best? I think you need to know the answer to that. No. No. Now let me clarify something. Is it okay to question God? Absolutely. That's not, you're saying, God, I do not understand. I'm upset about, by the way, you, I've had people go, oh, I would never tell God I'm upset with him. Or I'll never tell God. I'm going, you don't think he knows? Oh, I don't want him to hear it. <laughs> Y'all, just read the stories in the Bible. Remember the evil king? And he's going, hey, prophet Isaiah, prophet, all the prophets, they're telling the leader of Israel, what you think about in your bedroom. Where does that come from? God. God knows your thoughts. He knows your mind. He knows anyway. So here's the thing. God loves an honest heart. So if, you know, things are bad, question him. Just don't tell him how to run it, but you can tell him, God, I wish you would do this. Bible says you can ask. Bible says you can knock. The Bible gives you some encouragement on the asking and knocking because remember the evil judge at the door, in the house and the, the widow's knocking on the door and she's knocking and knocking and persistent. In other words, asking. Okay, God is not evil. And he says if that wicked judge will go down and give 
her what he wants, how much more would God give you what he wants? You see what I'm saying? What you're wanting. In other words, God honors persistence. God honors keeps, keep asking. It's okay saying, why me, Lord? That's okay for a while. It's okay to say, I don't understand. Just don't tell him how to run things. Listen for him. And by the way, when you tell him, listen for him to speak to you. And a lot of times, his answer might be what it was for Paul. Paul had a health issue. We're thinking three or four things. Uh, eye problem is one. Uh, perhaps, perhaps a seizure disorder was another. There's several theories, you know, and I've read them all. But he had a thorn in his flesh, meaning a pretty significant health issue. And like Mike, all of us in this room that are over a certain age have parts that are falling off. Or parts that are falling apart. <laughs> Some I wish would fall off. But anyway, my point is... Getting old is not for the weak. You got to live by faith when, you, when it don't work no more. Okay? I'm just telling you. But I want you to think about God works through that. And here's what his answer many times is. My grace is sufficient to get you through that. Depend on me. And you know, you may not see it on this side, but sometimes God lets us See a glimpse that maybe through that, it wasn't maybe his will. We live in a fallen, sick world. But through that, you're able to love on somebody or encourage somebody else that's going through it. You know what I mean? Don't let any mess up in your life be lost. Let God use it. Don't let any failure in your life be lost. Let God use it. God didn't give up on Peter when he denied him three times. He didn't give up on Peter when he, uh, you know, took his eyes off of him and started sinking, you know, after walking on water. And he didn't give up on him when he says, you're the Christ. And well, now I need to set you straight. You don't need to be dying and being the Savior and all that stuff. I know better what's better for the world. And not one of us in this room has not done the same thing. There's another thing I want you to be careful of, and that is, brothers and sisters in the church, going to somebody else and saying, God told me to tell you this is how it is. Be real careful. I think the first time I really remember that happening, and it became real popular, there's a lot of positives about the charismatic movement of the 80s and 90s and stuff. A lot of positives, okay? But one of those things about God told me a revelation to tell you, but the first time I ever heard it, and you'll get a kick out of this, Randy, was at Gulf Coast Bible College. About the third time I heard this, and then later I heard the nickname for Gulf Coast Bible College. Gulf Coast Bible College was a great college, founded actually by the Church of God. You guys, along with hundreds of other churches, gave to it. It was in Houston, Texas. Dr. Galky um, started it, and along with his help, his, his brother, who's a medical missionary uh, as well. Great college. It was called Gulf Coast Bible College, and it really moved to the next level. Of course, now it's Mid-America Christian University. It moved from Houston up to Oklahoma City when Oklahoma City gave them a bunch of land and all that. But Anyway, at the time, Gulf Coast Bible College, and about the third time I heard this, some guy would go to a girl and tell her, God told me to marry you. I love the third girl. She said, well, that might be fine when he tells me we'll talk about it. 
And that's when I found out Gulf Coast Bible College had a nickname, Gulf Coast Bridal College. Because all these preacher boys and church girls were going there to get married. Find them somebody, you know. Be real careful when you say, the Lord told me to tell you. Now, especially as preachers, we have to watch that. I have to be careful because God gives you a gift of discernment. He gives you wisdom. You know the Word of God. I am all for counsel, effective counsel. I'm actually not marrying somebody because their wedding is so close I can't get in my hours of counseling. I'm not going to marry somebody without counseling. I mean, I believe in counsel. But here's what I'm saying. I need to question myself. Is this really of the Lord? Does it match what? What's the plumb line? The Bible. Does it match the Bible? Or is this Ray Owens' personality and his wisdom? Or is it his wisdom based on the Word of God? You see what I'm saying? You've got to balance that. The book of Acts talks about the Spirit being poured out on man. And this is awesome. And I want to just tell you how awesome this is. What this means is, now when we get saved... And look at, look at Peter's life. Read the Bible. Read the Gospels. Look at it. Look at Peter's life. Just pick Peter. Only Peter. And look at him before the Holy Spirit came. And look at him after the Holy Spirit came in his life. Oh my stars. What a difference. You and I have the privilege to have the Holy Spirit where we can actually pray about something, read His Word, pray about it, and hear from God. And guess what? When you find out God speaks to you, there's something in your life that's not right, guess what you can do? Go straight to the high priest. You don't need to come to me and tell me, I lied last week and I stole 12 pens. I have kleptopenomania, or whatever that is, you know, or whatever. You tell me what, I'm trying to pick something real easy, okay? You know, I did this and you have to confess it. Nothing against my Catholic brothers and sisters. Confession is powerful, but who do you confess to? The Lord, your Lord of your life. We have a high priest and we can also let the Holy Spirit take the word of God and speak to you directly. Now, if it's controversial, if it's questionable, Yes, test it. Have other brothers and sisters and people test it. But it is a joy that we go straight to heaven. Amen? And we're connected with that. Praise be to the Holy Spirit. Praise be. You know, if, if you feel God tells you to tell somebody something, I want to tell you, pray about it. Look at yourself and maybe get broken don't, okay, if I needed to tell Mike something, and as far as I know, there's nothing wrong with Mike. If, if I like suddenly see Mike doing something and I feel like the Spirit told me to tell him something, if I'm going, I can't wait to go tell him. <laughs> How many of you know that ain't right? If on the other hand, Spirit tells me to tell him something, and I went, oh God, I don't want to do that. Oh my goodness. You know, and I pray about it and I just feel you have got to do it. Okay, God, open the door, whatever, you know. And then when the time's right, hey, Mike, have you thought about this? You know, telling Vicky off in front of people's not good. <laughs> and it's dangerous, Mike. <laughs> Thank you, Mike and Vicky. You know that never happens. <laughs> Mike's alive. 
Dear friends, 1 John 4.1. Dear friends, do not believe everyone who claims to speak for the Spirit. What do you got to do? You must test them to see if the Spirit they have comes from God. So even if I tell Mike that in a humble and sweet way, Mike might get mad at me. He might whatever, but he needs to test it. He needs to think about it. Go ask Vicki and she yeah, you, you do need help. And he runs over to the coach family, yeah, Mike, really, you need help. Now, if Mike really don't want to take it, he can go find somebody over there that, that will tell him just what he wants. What do you think? Don't you think, yeah, Mike, you're the best. <laughs> How many of you know what a yes man is? At one point when my wife was uh, with a state and she became a supervisor, you know, she was, she's a humble supervisor and everything. But they bought, him a, bought her a little man with a big head. And it was called Yes Man. And what you do is you hit him and he goes, you the best. You know, it basically does that kind of thing. No, you don't need a yes man. You can go find somebody. We recently experienced that where somebody did something grievous. It was clear. Everybody knew that in the whole world. But somehow it come up with five or six people that said it's okay. You know, or told them it was okay. You know, you see that. Number four, moving right along. Think prayerfully and submissively. God's perspective is not always what we humans see or understand. How many of you know God's perspective is not always what we humans see or understand? In our text, Peter struggled like all of us with his human perspective. I would have too. I might have been the one too that, you know, early on not fully understanding what Jesus is talking about. Turn over to those evil elders and chief priests? No, it ain't going to happen. And by the way, you got to give Peter a lot of credit. When they came to arrest him, even after he'd heard all this and all, what did he do? Y'all remember? What did he do? Pulled a sword out and took one of their ears off. I mean, yes, impetuous, but he, he wanted to do right, you know. Actually, I wouldn't mind Peter being my friend. You know, he, he was a, you know, there's a lot of good about him. Peter could not see that it would be a good thing for Jesus to be arrested. A good thing for him to be killed as a sacrifice, the sacrificial perfect lamb that takes away the sin of the world. He could not understand. So in our human understanding, we don't. And in verse 23, he said, don't have, you don't have the mind of God, you have the mind of man. So we need the mind of God. And there's, you know, in this place right now, I think we need to say, Lord, help me understand what I'm facing. I don't understand what I'm facing. And, and Lord, if you love me, why aren't you lifting me out of this? You know, and that's why I have on your outline, we think pain is the enemy. And pain is not necessarily the enemy. In fact, God allowed our bodies to experience pain, our emotions to experience pain. And the ways of God are not the ways of man. That's why I have on your outline what we call pain, God can use as purification. What we call frustrating, God calls faith building. 
what we call a terrible disaster, God calls a triumphant destiny. And if you've lived enough life and you turn around and look back, you can see out of some of the worst times, you get the greatest victories. Okay? And you don't have to go through bad times to get there. Many times it's of our own doing that something bad happens that we get there. But Peter could not see humanly anything good that came out of the cross. And in fairness, if you and I had been there, we couldn't have either. We wouldn't have had the Holy Spirit on us. We wouldn't have understood that. But praise be to God, without a cross, which is pain, 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 like excruciating, meaning the highest level of pain, there would not be the resurrection. And without the resurrection, there's no hope for you and I. We're just playing religion. Ken McConnell would still be in the ground over there and done. But because of the cross and the resurrection, Ken McConnell is dancing. You see what I'm saying? And, and think about all those that, that you've lost. In fact, Paul did a great job with this. So I'm struggling here, Paul says. If I could hurry up and die and one of these deals are trying to kill me. You know, he was a, he was a recipient of a rock concert. Y'all remember that? Went outside town and they threw rocks at him. That's the original rock concert. The stones weren't rolling, they were thrown. Okay? If I die, man, that's awesome. It's gain. I'm with heaven. But if I don't die, I get to win more people to the Lord. What do you do with a Paul? Actually killing him might work out worse for, you know, for the, the people trying to do away with him. What an attitude. Look at the scripture there. Well, actually, I don't have one. I, I added it. Matthew 16, 24. I'm sorry I didn't put it on your outline. It says, you will keep on guiding me with your counsel, leading me to a glorious destiny. Sometimes the end of a long, painful road is a destiny. You know, we cry out. Uh, you know, we, 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 we hurt. We, we do that. But, you know... I thought about this, take up your cross daily in Matthew and follow me. In other words, you're dealing with an issue. It's a cross, a burden you're bearing. Take it up and give it to God and carry it. And God has a resurrection. God has a victory for it. And he has done it in my life. Here's what we want. We were, I love a microwave. God invented a microwave. But we want it fixed. Here's what we say. Can you give me some pills and I'll just be the man or woman of God? The woman of God pill. Rated R. Restricted for Christians. <laughs> you know, that's what we want. Take it and we're, no, it don't work that way. Sorry. Sorry, bust your bubble. It's living a life. It's going through the struggles. It's doing all that, but depending on God and you get stronger and you get stronger and you get stronger. I told a young pastor, as y'all know I'm a regional pastor, and so I have a lot of churches and pastors. I told one recently, he was dealing with something, and it seemed kind of big, and it was big for him. Okay, let me make sure. But I've been down the road a long time, and I'm going, dude, if you can't handle this little thing, <laughs> you just wait. Let me tell you some things. And it was like, at the end he was going, you know, I don't feel so bad anymore. You follow what I'm saying? I, I don't, that, that's what I'm talking about. What about, you, you parents know your kids come in and they're a little fellow and they fall or hurt themselves and they're crying and screaming and, and you know the world's coming in 
and you just pick them up and hug them and kiss them, oh, and everything's fine. You know? They think it's the end of the world. It's not. Don't you know God's the same way as a father? He knows nothing we go through. Nothing's the end of the world but the end of the world. God's in control. Would you bow your heads with me and uh, worship team if you want to come up? I would like to close this message a little different with an act of confession and commitment, reflection, maybe repentance. I'm just asking you this morning, would you open your heart? If you're at home right now, um, there, would you maybe bow your head and, and would you open your heart to Jesus? As Peter said, Jesus, you're God. I ask you and I the question, is he your God? Is he the God of the universe? Yeah, but you know, unless he's your God, you miss it, I miss it, and God failed because he wants to be your and my Lord, not the God of the universe. So this morning as we sing and as we pray, I challenge you to give him the keys to your heart. First of all, have you asked him to come in? Have you confessed your sins? Do you believe like Peter that he's the Christ, the Son of God? Accept him as a free gift and make him Lord. And maybe he's been Lord, but over time life's been tough and there's been a lot of hurt and there's been a lot of experiences. And so maybe the prayer this morning is, Lord, fill me up again. I submit to you. Be my Lord. I give you the keys to my heart. Maybe you look at other people who not maybe made it as far as you have in their faith and we look down on them. Maybe we need to surrender our ego and pride and realize that maybe we have logs in our eyes as we look at the splinter in their eye. Father God, I pray, I know without a doubt you love every person in this room. You even created them, man, when they were in their mother's womb. You planned out every day of their life and even when they made mistakes, you made new plans. And God, you're not through creating, you're still recreating in their heart. And this morning on October 23rd, 2022, you're present in this place and you want to recreate in their heart and in my heart a newness, a recommitment, a confession that you are Lord. Oh God, can we get a little bit more about your business? You're the breath. We sung about that in our life. You're our breath. You're everything, God. Give us joy when we serve you. Give us a lack of a judgmental spirit. Give us a balance of humility and happiness. Refocus us and turn our heart to the joy of the Lord. God, I pray that for every person in this room and watching online. That you do a work through the power of your Holy Spirit in their life right now. And over this next day and week, 
God, we're human and we fail so much. Thank you for forgiving us. We confess that to you. But we're not giving up on you, Lord. And all God's people said. Amen. Would you stand? We'll sing. I yield to thee, Savior, forsaking my all from sinful things now I will part to thee I surrender for mercy I call come take the first place in hard and and take with you uh, as you go from from this place uh, we have our circles after if uh, you'd like to stay for uh, circle and what we call circles or Sunday school circles and uh, we uh, be glad to have uh, everyone stay for those be in remembrance of those that need uh, a lift this week, a special touch, and uh, that's for all of us. Let's pray. 
Father God, we uh, we pray that we will all let you be who you are, the great I am. We pray that you will accept us as we are and take us down that narrow path that leads to our eternal home. Keep us straight. Pray that you will open our ears that we can hear your message and things that we need to hear and not the things of the world. Open our eyes to the needs around us, um, the, the things we need to be doing. Control our speech and our mouth. Help us to use it to speak truth. And we pray that you will uh, help us to smell out the um, stench of the, the devil that's in this world and know uh, when he is near and when he's threatened. We pray that you will use our hands to reach out to others and to do your will and be with us this week. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.